said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, you know, uh, one of the things I think is really, really funny uh, or comical or um, ironic, and it's something that's been talked about a little bit lately and it's starting to get noticed, is that the Democrats are making this weird, odd claim that they financed... And I heard it said on Fox and Friends, we talked about it for weeks now. But I heard it said on Fox and Friends today. And, you know, it is sort of ironic, you know, that uh, the Democrats are trying to sell this narrative that they were pushing uh, for Trump candidates to win their primaries. So much so that they were taking Democrat money and financing Trump candidates. And boy, did that not work out too well for them, right? It's, it's really going to be interesting when all the Trump candidates win because they energize the, the conservative base. And let's face it, <clears throat> the Trump candidates, what do they stand for? Well, everything, everything that conservatives have stood for for decades, for a half a century, at the very minimum. How far different is a, is a Trump conservative? Is a Trump conservative different than a Reagan conservative? And, and if so, how? I don't think it's that much. I think... Um, if anything, Reagan was more naive to the evils of globalism than Trump is. Trump, But Trump has the benefit of hindsight. We know now how evil globalism is. We know now how evil globalism is. We've seen the tyranny and the exploitation 
of our technologies. The internet was supposed to make a world, the world a better place. And what is it? What has it done? It's made it a horrible place. They have taken a golden opportunity and they've turned it into rot. They've snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. We could have had so much. And again, you could make that argument. The Patriot Act. Americans are able to step up and sacrifice temporarily for something that's for the greater good. Americans have common sense. We did it with the Patriot Act. And then all of a sudden, James Clapper comes around and starts lying to the American people. Are you eavesdropping on every single American like you said you wouldn't? Not wittingly, he said. Not wittingly. But I can't tell you the truth because the truth would really blow your mind. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, create a criminal out of uh, Snowden. And we're going to create a criminal out of Julian Assange. Because the CIA and Alphabet Soup, FBI, the NSA, can't keep their, their politics out of their business. And they collude with the liberal government. And the IRS, with Lois Lerner, targeted conservative groups. The Department of Justice sowed uh, the sins of racism in Ferguson. And they propagandized and pushed their redistribution of wealth schemes, favored unions over non-union workers. It's segregationist. It's racist. It's disgusting. And one of the few voices on the radio or on television is someone like a Tucker Carlson who has the biggest platform with the biggest megaphone that's speaking the truth. And you could see already the tea leaves with Tucker Carlson. He's got TuckerCarlson.com now. And you know that that's because that's his uh, safety net. Because his voice is so important. And he's come around. He's changed quite a bit. Remember when Tucker Carlson used to wear the bow tie and And I can remember not too long ago, he was a big supporter of J.D. Vance. Now, you know, I was right about J.D. Vance. And I was also, I actually said at the time, not a J.D. Vance fan. J.D. Vance supported Evan McMullen, who's losing his butt to Mike Lee in Utah to run for that Senate seat which is really not a pickup at all, but it would be a loss if Evan McMullen got it. Evan McMullen was endorsed and supported and financed by Mitt Romney to try to take electoral votes away from Donald Trump in the 2016 election, and he ran as a third candidate. And he thought he could be a spoiler, but he can't. Liz Cheney thinks somehow she's important enough to be a spoiler too, but she can't. 
She would take more votes from the Democrats than she would from the Republicans. So that's why she's not going to run. They're doing internal polling right now, figuring it out. Like We hurt the Democrats worse than we hurt the... Because she just endorsed Democrats in Arizona. Liz Cheney. You know, boy, have the Bush dynasty and the... Have they been exposed, right? For the globalist scum that they are. There is no Bush dynasty, Steve. There's no Clinton dynasty. Clinton, the Clintons are a joke. Everybody knows that they're a clown show. And their brand is completely tarnished and completely dismissed. But you watch. The Democrats one day will say, we won Chelsea. And they'll just do it all over again because they don't learn from their history. But that's not even going to happen because what we're going to do is we're going to take back the House and the Senate and we're going to find out the truth about, we're going to release those 10,000 hours of tapes from J6. We're going to release, release that body cam over at Nancy Pelosi's house with Paul Pelosi and his uh, gay buddy, the Pepe. And we're going to find out the truth of how these people are squandering taxpayer dollars for their own personal enrichment. That's a nice, fancy house that she lives in out there in San Fran. That's just one of the houses that she lives in. Get a government job. Get rich. Look at Ocasio-Cortez, the socialist, wearing three $3,000 pantsuits or more. She talks about tax the rich and the world's going to come to an end in 12 years. None of that's happening. The climate thing is a hoax. And we're going to explore some of this stuff today that I just opened with because we could tie it all together. You know, it's not, it's one thing the Democrats, you know, they'll say, you're a racist. And guess what? They have nothing to back it up. Nothing. They're the racist. They'll say, you're a fascist. How could you call us a fascist? We're anti-fascist. We're an Antifa. Well, no, that is fascism, what you're doing. Censorship's what you're doing. They're so out of touch. They think Elon Musk is going to do the same thing that uh, Twitter has been doing to the Republicans for the last decade, meddling in elections. Oh, by the way, guess what? On Twitter, I just got banned again. Second time in a month. Now, I hadn't been banned on Twitter. I get banned every other day on Facebook, but... And for what? I mean, if I say one word about COVID or one word about climate, that's my, uh, that's some doctor's opinion that, that that runs counter to the CDC or the WHO, I get banned. Never mind the fact that this doctor was one of the pioneers or inventors of the mRNA uh, vaccine, or that he's a, a qualified professional. Never mind open discussion or honest debate. Never mind any of that. We listened to a clip yesterday about uh, Chris Cox, the Facebook executive that was on Capitol Hill. And what happened there was he admitted that he was colluding with the CDC and the WHO. And you better believe that they're colluding with the FBI and the CIA. You know, oh hum And they're liberal 
and they're going after and they're breaking into people's houses as a result of the information that they're getting. They're breaking into people's houses like, say, the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, the one who was elected twice legitimately. So yesterday I mentioned something about I'm banned for 12 hours on Twitter again. They do it a little differently over there, but still, I said something about election fraud. And basically, all I said was something that Carrie Lake has said. We're going to play a clip from her, but all I said was, you know, there was this um, post, there was this post that said, there was a post that said um, something to the effect, uh, oh, and, and Joe Biden yesterday said, um, something to the effect that be patient. You're, we're going to have to wait a few days uh, in order for the um, election results to come in. That doesn't mean fraud is happening. That doesn't mean anything. You know, don't worry uh, about it. Um, but let's see if I can even get that clip. It was just yesterday, and I didn't even uh, think to play that one. Uh, Biden. Uh, um, election results. Let's see if, if I can get that while I talk. And so they were like, wait. And I was like, I remember when, uh, I, I remember when France, France, uh, gets the results within an hour. And I said, what's the difference? It's like, well, we have this unbelievable, uh, Set of uh, set of guidelines to the point where now trans transgender uh, people transgender people are um, claiming that they are now victims. They're victims of of some of this stuff, like that they're going to be suppressed voters. So here, check this out. Check this story out. Okay, and then we got a couple of things. So they're already warning us that there's going to be delays, which basically they're saying, well, we have a lot of fraud, but it's not going to be quick. Um, anytime you have a month, uh, where you have a month time zone, time time delay, I mean, you could have a, if you could vote for a month and you could drop things in, multiple ballots into a drop box and have them all counted, I think that that's going to be a real problem. When you have results that come in after the election day, you're going to have a problem. When you rely on the racist, left-wing U.S. post office, uh, you're going to have a problem. When you have ballot harvesters working for the Democrats, you're going to have a problem. When you don't have the right to show a vote, when you don't have voter ID requirements, and when you don't ask the question on a census that says whether asks whether or not you're a citizen, you're not allowed. That wasn't a, that was a question that the Democrats fought tooth and nail to get off of the census on 2020. It's discriminating. Uh, the census is all about uh, providing services for the amount of people, not citizens. And it should be citizens, not people. Citizens. That's the only way we're going to get rid of this problem of non-citizens living in our country and voting illegally. We are becoming a banana republic. And you know who says it the most? You know who's, who's 
more concerned about America's demise and failed leadership and the the pollution of the West, the gaslighting and the trans this and the cis that and uh, and the um, all of this divisiveness and all this wokeness and all this craziness. Vladimir Putin himself, he's the one that's fighting against this. How do you like that? I was actually going to play, and I I listened to about a half hour of it. It was <laughs> it was a long speech, and then there was the better part of it was the question and answer afterward. It was at, in Moscow last week. It was Vlaudai um, summit or conference. It's annual, and he talked about Nancy Pelosi stoking the flames uh, of of uh, escalation in um, in China when she went to Taiwan without. And then they, the House signed off on a $2 billion aid package to Taiwan. I wonder how many palms got greased on that deal, right? Just the same as Ukraine. And now they're talking about boots on the ground in Ukraine. Hmm, that sounds interesting too, right? Why do we got boots on the ground in Ukraine? Oh, we're just there to oversee. Isn't that how other wars started? We're just there to just, you know, monitor things. In Ukraine. Yeah, I know what they're monitoring, all right. I know exactly what they're monitoring. We're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine. And the oligarchs are probably skimming off the top. You know, like a mob. You know, when you count the cash register at the end of the night. And next thing you know, a few thousand dollars slips into your right pocket. And you say, hey, boss. Yeah, we get we had a good night. We got $12,000. It's like, no, you got really twelve twenty thousand dollars but you skimmed eight off the top. <laughs> you know? So there's a lot of that going on, a lot of that corruption. So what do we do? We use our U.S. military, uh, just like they were used to protect the Capitol, to protect Nancy Pelosi. We use our National Guard. We use our military as mercenaries to protect the illegal corruption from our senators who are greenlighting this aid package to Ukraine where the oligarchs are skimming off the top before they actually send the money back to Washington so that Washingtonian so that the uh, congressmen get uh, their perks for the votes that they give. It's called pay to play. Pay to play. There's so much corruption in Ukraine now that we have to actually send our military over there to straighten out the oligarchs and basically say, stop skimming off the top. It's like the mafia, right? It's like the mob. <clears throat> and the FBI doesn't know what the heck's going on. They're in on it. It's terrible. But here's one. Now they're taking voter ID and all this stuff to a new level. This is a dude. I said, dudes that get their freak on dressing like a girl are now whining that voter ID will suppress their vote since they're confused about their name, their identity, their sex, their sexual preference. Never mind the presence, never mind they represent less than 1% of America's top uh, population. It's their own sexual choice and preference. Just because people have a mental illness doesn't need to mean that we need to change policies. Doesn't they don't they're not a political force. They're 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 mentally compromised or confused 
about who they are. That's a pretty low bar. Are you a boy or a girl, sir? Are you a boy or a girl? I'm a boy. I'm a girl. It's pretty easy. If you can't figure that one out and you find confusion in that, you're not that much better than Joe Biden. But we're going to take a listen to this. This is uh, going to be our first clip of the day, but uh, we have a few uh, clips for today. Good to see you. And as Gen Z gears up to hit the polls, transgender voters... Oh, Gen Z gears up to hit the polls. Gen Z. What's that say about Gen Z, by the way? Good to see you. And as Gen Z gears up to hit the polls, transgender voters are concerned they might be blocked from casting their ballots. Yeah, that's because a growing number of states are enforcing stricter voter identification laws that disproportionately impact the community. NBC Out reporter Joe Yerkeba joins us now with more on this. Joe, good morning to you. So first of all, how can voter ID laws create obstacles for transgender people? And where do we see some of the strictest voter ID law? All right. So this is a uh, I can't make out whether this is a guy or a girl, but this is obviously a trans unisex reporter. All right. Sure. Yeah. So voter ID laws disproportionately impact trans people because trans people are more likely to have IDs without the name uh, that they go by and the gender marker that reflects how they present. And recent research shows that just over 200,000 eligible trans voters in uh, 31 states that both conduct their elections mostly in person and require or request ID at the polls don't have IDs that reflect their gender identities and the names they go by. Um, And, you know, the states that have the strictest voter ID laws are mostly concentrated in the South and Midwest. So you're, you know, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Kansas. So voters there are going to be most. (laughs) Confusing, right? Does it have to be? Do we really have to confuse people about this stuff? You know, like I say, Vladimir Putin uh, was talking about this and other things at this speech. I want to play bits and pieces of this. Um, but also, I want to play this Tucker Carlson piece. Let's see. Biden, the guy who showered with his daughter, is telling you you're a bad person. He commanded you to accept the election results whenever they arrive. This is what I was talking about, about the late uh, arrival of the election results. Let's take a, take a listen to this. This was Tucker last night. In term elections, it seems very likely as of now that Democrats will lose both houses of Congress. And that's just the beginning of their pain. Polls suggest that even places that supported Joe Biden by a wide margin in 2020 are about to swing dramatically against him and his party. A week from today, New York, of all places, could have a Republican governor. The last time there was an election in New York, Biden won the state by 23 points. What we're seeing is what political scientists refer to as a realignment. And there's no mystery as to why it's happening. Democrats failed conclusively. No group in American history has done a worse job running this country than the neoliberals currently in charge. They're vicious, they're intolerant, and they are utterly corrupt. But above all, they are incompetent. In less than two years, it is not an overstatement to say they have run this country into the ground, wrecking our economy, desecrating our military, and opening the borders of the United States to more than five million lawbreakers. The destruction they have wrought is so profound it's hard to describe. So, of course, there will be consequences for that. In a country with democratic elections, how could this party stay in power? Honestly, we don't know. But maybe Joe Biden does. Tonight, Biden traveled across the city of Washington. See, what? okay, 
that's a pivotal point in his commentary. Uh, when he says, when he says this, this, listen to this again. Democratic elections, how could this party stay in power? Honestly, we don't know. But maybe Joe Biden does. And maybe it's about rigging the election, you see, like they did in Brazil. Tonight, Biden traveled across the city of Washington to Union Station. Built by Teddy Roosevelt more than 100 years ago, Union Station was for generations one of the most beautiful public buildings in this country. Under Joe Biden, it has become a homeless encampment, a place that is too filthy and too dangerous for Starbucks. Standing at this monument to his own failures, Biden proceeds to do what he now so commonly does, bark at the rest of us for our moral failures. The guy who showered with his daughter is telling you you're a bad person. Tonight's topic, democracy. Here's a taste of it. Yet now, extreme MAGA Republicans aim to question not only the legitimacy of past elections, but elections being held now and into the future. The extreme MAGA element of the Republican Party, which is a minority of that party, as I said earlier, but is this driving force, is trying to succeed where they failed in 2020, to suppress the right of voters and subvert the electoral system itself. Well, that's very weird if you think about it. So here we are less than a week before the Democratic Party is expected to suffer overwhelming losses in the midterm elections. And here you have the leader of that party, Joe Biden, commanding you not to complain about the election result. Does, does that strike you as odd? That, that in every poll, in every place, the Republicans are, are looking great. Whether it's Nevada or New Mexico or Oregon or Washington or New York, Georgia, Florida, you name it. In every battleground area in the United States, Whitmer against Tudor Dixon, I mean, in every battleground area of the United States, and yet he sits there and he says, is telling people not to question the results, as if he already knows. I saw some footage where they had uh, Katie Hobbs up 53 to 47 over, um, it was a graphic that the news media slipped in by mistake on a live newscast. And you got to wonder, is the fix in? You know, it just, it, it makes you scratch your head. Why Joe Biden would take that posture as if he's uber confident that they're going to have a great election night. And why wouldn't they cheat? Because so far they got the media on their side. They have the world's globalists on their side. They, they are as corrupt as could possibly be. And so they could cheat, but they also know that they're the policemen. They also know that they're the Department of Justice. They also know that they're the Department of Homeland Security. And they also know that they're the FBI. And they also know that they're the CIA. And they also know that they're the Department of Education. And they also know that they're part of the science and the universities and the CDC and the WHO. So everywhere they control, whether it's climate or COVID, trust the scientists. The scientists are paid 
and say and do anything. Just look at Fetterman's doctor who said, clean bill of health. Of course, he lied through his teeth and he can get away with it. And he wasn't he won't even get this banned from the medical profession. Because it's politics as usual. This is the problem we're facing is when the government is reaching into your pocket and taking money out of your pocket, stealing from you and clobbering you over the head with a baseball bat. It doesn't matter. Did you see a crime? No, I didn't see a crime. Did you see that? No, I didn't see anything, boss. I didn't see a crime. But the guy's got blood running out of his head. Yeah, that's he must have fell. <laughs> you know, you've seen these mob stories, right? We're being run by a mob. And it's like going up to the mob boss and saying, hey, you did me wrong. It's like, yeah, why don't you get out of here? Yeah, I did you wrong. So what? Who's going to prove it? My judge is the brother. My, my brother is my, the judge. You know, that kind of thing. It's all rigged. So who's to stop them from just blatantly, outwardly, because there isn't even a world-governing body that could be an independent looking in on us because the world-governing body is supporting globalism. And globalism is the world body. The United Nations isn't going to do a, a, a doggone thing, right? It, the United Nations isn't going to do it. Um, the WHO is not going to do it. The World Economic Forum is not going to do it. Who's going to do it? Who's going to look in at the election fraud and say there's fraud here? And if, if Bolsonaro's any example, he's been pretty much told to shut up. You're banned if you even talk about it. YouTube, for example. YouTube and social media giants have banned questioning the, the election results in Brazil. That just happened. And it's happening, folks. It's just unbelievable the world we're living in. And again, they've exploited every aspect that could have been good, and they've exchanged it for evil. Whether it was the Patriot Act, whether it was this new technology that could ease our lives and simplify our lives and save lives, they've exploited every every aspect of it. Let's take a listen. Why is that? Well, let's see. Here's Joe Biden telling you that thanks to the changes, the many changes Democrats have made to our system of voting, all of which make voter fraud easier to commit, we may not know the results of the elections for a few days. But don't be alarmed. Everything is completely on the level. And whatever you do, do not ask questions or else you're a criminal. Watch. We want Americans to vote. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until after a few days after the election. That's conditioning, folks. There's no reason why those ballots should be counted after the election, except that they could look at the election results on the election night and d- d- determine how many votes they need. So it's the perfect storm. It's the perfect 
scam because you don't want to, you know, do too much because you might get caught. So you do just enough to win the, the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots. An illegal and- Not in France, it doesn't. In France, they know the results an hour after the polls close. Orderly manner. It's always been important for citizens in democracy to be informed and engaged. Now it's important for citizens to be patient as well. That's how it's supposed to work. What is this? What is going on here? We're a week from the election, six days. Biden could have given, would under normal circumstances have given, a speech about his policies and how they've made your life better. He tried to convince you this country is actually in better shape than it looks, and he did that. He could, in other words, have made a pitch for your vote based on what he has done. That's what politicians do in functioning democracies. They try to convince you to support them on the basis of what they have done for you. That is democracy. That's not at all what Joe Biden just did. Instead, Biden commanded you to accept the election results whenever they arrive, no matter what they may be. That's uh, scary, isn't it? That's, uh, to me, that's extremely scary. And again, uh, the, Democrat, the Republicans and the Trump candidates particularly are winning bigly. Let's take a listen to Katie Hobbs again. So all across the country, Democrats... Okay, this is Becky Hobbs, Katie Hobbs' twin sister. Candidates, not candidates themselves, but the party, yeah. was putting money in primaries into the races of the extreme Trump-endorsed candidates, as opposed to the moderate Republicans that were running, because they wanted those extremists oh, yeah. to win, because they knew that the Dems had a better chance of winning their races against the extremist candidates than they did against the moderate Republicans. Which is insane. That's not true. That is exactly what the mistake that they made. Uh, you know, that's exactly the mistake that they made in uh, 2015 with Donald Trump. You think they'd learn from their mistakes. You think they learned their lesson. No one's falling for that anymore. Now, let's take a listen to uh, Daniel Smith. A, uh, she's a member of the province of Al- uh, Alberta. We've listened to this clip last week, but we're going to play it one more time. Drops the hammer on mainstream media reporter who asks why she finds the World Economic Forum distasteful. Government bailout brain journalist just can't comprehend why Smith won't be going to Davos. I've never been to one of their events, and I, I look at Pierre Polyev saying that he doesn't intend to go to their events and doesn't intend to have his ministers involved in them either. Um, and I, I take the same view. But why? You're still not explaining what, what your views are on the World Economic Forum. Like, what do you find distasteful about it? Uh, I, I guess I find it distasteful when billionaires brag about how much control they have over political leaders, as the head of that organization has. And I think that that is offensive. The people who should be directing government are the people who vote for them. And the people who vote for me and for my colleagues are people who live in Alberta and who are affected by our decisions. And so, quite frankly, until that organization stops bragging about how much control they have over political leaders, I have no interest in, in, in being involved with them. My focus is here in Alberta, solving problems. For- yeah, that's it. So, you know, they were bragging that, you know, they have all this. Now, here's the other thing. They have this control over the, uh, particularly the Canadian government. 
Um, so here's Ron DeSantis. I'm proud of our hit. Now listen to the difference, okay? Listen to the difference. This is uh, this is Joe Biden right here. Listen to the difference between the left's message and the right. And you're elected the highest ranking black Indian with Indian background woman in American history to be vice president. That's all they care about, skin color. You can't do anything about your skin color, but you can do something about how to improve our children's education. I'm proud of our history. I don't want to teach kids to hate our country. I don't want to teach kids to hate each other. And the way to stop discrimination on the basis of race is to stop discriminating on the basis of race. I'm proud of our history. You know, and and, uh, one of the people that said it best, actually, uh, was um, was uh, Malcolm X. There was a really great clip. We're going to play this clip here. There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox, and a fox is, almost, is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to, but the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling and taking for a friend. There are many whites who act friendly toward Negroes. A fox acts, acts friendly toward the lamb. And usually the fox is the one who ends up with the lamb chop on his plate. The wolf doesn't act friendly, and therefore the wolf has more difficulty in getting the lamb chop in his plate. I'd like to point out, though, that... I I, I say that because it is usually the... If you study the structure of the Negro community, economically, politically, civically, psychologically, and otherwise, it's controlled by the white liberal Mm -hmm. who usually poses as the friend of the Negro. Uh, On the other hand, I think one could point to a large number of whites uh, who have struggled for civil rights, for equality, and have got little or nothing out of it. other than uh, quite a few bruises. Give me an example. Well, the, the large number of, of white uh, students who have gone into the South, for example, working for SNCC and other organizations. Not working for SNCC or other organizations, but working for uh, the white uh, political machines who benefit by the voting uh, efforts of Negroes. Okay. Today, you could point to a large number of, of Negro leaders who have consistently betrayed Negroes in a whole host of areas. They aren't really Negro leaders. These are puppets that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. These are parrots that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. You can't name me a Negro leader who has been a Negro leader who has been betray, who has betrayed Negroes, who is not who has not been endorsed, sanctioned, uh, subsidized, and supported by the white liberals. <laughs> Yeah, that that eight day uh, the headline there is it aged it aged well. Now let's listen to what the globalist goals are. Let's take a listen to the new Chancellor Rishi Sunak over uh, the new Prime Minister over at uh, in England. Action is to rewire the entire global financial system for net zero, better and more consistent climate data, sovereign green bonds, mandatory sustainability disclosures proper climate risk surveillance, stronger global reporting standards, all things we need to deliver. And I'm proud that the UK 
is playing its part. We've already made it mandatory for businesses to disclose climate-related financial information, with 35 other countries signing up to do the same. Today, I'm announcing that the UK will go further and become the first ever net-zero-aligned financial centre. This means we are going to move towards making it mandatory for firms to publish a clear, deliverable plan setting out how they will decarbonise and transition to net zero with an independent task force to define what's required. So, a renewed pledge to $100 billion a year of public funding, over $130 trillion of private capital waiting to be deployed, and a greener financial system underway. The problem with that is there's not enough materials on Earth to supply all the batteries, to make all the batteries. So it's a, it's a ruse. It's a mistake. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a futile future. Futile. And here's what you end up getting, okay? What he just talked about, well, that's next-level ESG stuff. Social credit scores. Frightening. Going nationwide in communist, uh, in communist China in 2023, BlackRock et al. So we're going to listen to a clip uh, really quick, and uh, w- this is going to blow your mind. Where your government becomes your stalker, the poorer you get, the more you will rely on government handouts trading your freedom for food and all monitored through your digital ID. Don't believe, believe me? Look at Indonesia. Um, here, here, Everywhere she goes, Ouyang Haoyu is followed. What she buys, how she behaves, is tracked and scored to show how responsible and trustworthy she is. It's called the social credit system, and in one version now being tested, a person's reputation is scored on a scale of 350 to 950. And Haoyu, with a good score of 752, is okay with it. In fact, most people are. It's a mechanism like... Uh, pushes you to become a better citizen. It's Mechanism. big data meets big brother, expanding how the government monitors, understands, and ultimately controls its 1.4 billion citizens. Thanks to advances in artificial intelligence and facial recognition, and a web of more than 200 million surveillance cameras. Are people bothered by privacy concerns? We think uh, a lot of camera keep the safety is really good we can accept it companies are experimenting with the algorithms to help the government create the new national social credit system the government also has pilot projects in one citizens are required to do hours of unpaid work to get benefits and scores are docked for things like littering a messy yard gossip even jaywalking. Video of offenders is shown on the local news. And information collectors like Joe Aini are paid to report on their neighbors, her quota, 10 entries a month. Like the man who carried a drunk person home. A good deed, she says. Good social credit gets rewarded with perks like cheap loans and travel deals. But a bad score means public shame and worse. Huang Huijun lost a court case and didn't pay. Now he's on a government blacklist. I can't buy airplane or train tickets, he says. And the list goes on. 
Being discredited makes it hard to get a job or put kids in top schools. The social credit system will go nationwide next year, and few here are willing to criticize it, something that may pose a risk itself for a bad score and the life that comes with it. Janice Mackey Frayer. So you criticize it, and next thing you know, you're... You got it. You got a, a debit <laughs> off your credit score. Hey, we got uh, John from Chicagoland. Welcome to the Scott Adams Show, John. Hey, Scott. Where was that? Indonesia? Yes. Well, that is it, it's also that, it was talking about China a lot. I think Indonesia is adopting something they're doing in China. Yeah. This is China. Well, it says, don't believe me, look at Indonesia in the, uh, atop the, uh, but it says China tracking and scoring systems in new social credit scores. That's what the uh, headline on the video says. Yeah. yeah I, and this, this idiot reporter just reports this like, like she's reporting a feel good story on the Saturday night news about some old lady who just turned a hundred. Yeah. Right? I mean, just, well, you know, she, you notice the tone of the reporter, very neutral. Right. Now, if she was talking about. Uh, you know, some Christian church, it would be with a tone of skepticism. Oh, I, or with any Republican, a tone I know. Of skepticism. It's, it's incredible. I, I know. This is, this I, is Brave New World. I know. I know. Um, uh, I, I have a friend who's, in, you know, from Europe and works at the Ivy League schools that's big into this whole globalism thing um, and works for organizations that are involved with this. And I have debates with her all the time. And let me tell you something. Um, she supports this stuff. She supports it. Well, she's stupid. I don't want to yeah, tell you she's stupid because <laughs> and you can say she's not. She's not because if you can't look a few steps down the road and how this, and, it, first of all, in and, and of she's itself, stupid with a PhD, by oppressive. the way, right? <laughs> you know. Well, you know what PhD stands for, Scott? Piled higher and deeper. <laughs> yeah. Because if you have a PhD in the humanities, it is really not worth the paper it's printed on. And yeah. I would be willing to bet it's a PhD in the humanities. No, no. She, she's she's actually in the business world of branding and ethnography and um, social behavior. Yeah, well, so probably that's, marketing. that's humanities, really. It's marketing and, and psych, Well, marketing yeah. is a social so, science, and that's this This is all coming from the marketing world, meaning that the corporations that have marketing departments and PR agencies and stuff like that, they're all about um, ethnography and human behavior because that's how they actually drive their products to market uh, by uh, – you know, having science, people don't realize, but marketing, even though it's in the business school, it's a social science. Well, it, yes, it, it's, it's, it's a business, right. It's more of a soft, it's a soft, uh, they call it a science, but you know, it's not a science. It's a soft right. subject. And it's a soft science. And those people tend to be prone to, to mushy thinking. Let's just say, yeah. when you say ethnography, that means ethnic advertising. So that's, well, no, ethnography would be like, uh, I remember she did a study, oh, right, where she would be oh, looking at like groups of people, and if you if you pay attention to groups of people, you'll see that after a while, the groups dress the same. They'll be they'll be wearing, wearing earth tone clothes, oh, everyone's wearing shorts, okay. another group of girls, maybe all wearing skirts. Uh, they all sort of adopt each other's behaviors. I got when I think ethnography, I think yeah. ethnic, and I also that that sounds more like psychology to me. But yeah. you know, but hearing that that is incredibly frightening, and it's well, that, I'll, I'll stop with that. But you know, when you listen to Rishi Sunak, do you get any 
sense of confidence. I know you mentioned, oh, he made his own money. He, I guess he worked for Goldman Sachs. His wife is the one with the real money. Oh, I see. She see, I didn't know he married into that. I didn't. I thought he was a self-made oh, man, but I didn't time. know he married into it. Uh, most of it's his wife's money. Well, see, that he and John Kerry did the talk. same thing. John Kerry did the same thing. Right, <laughs> with <laughs> Teresa Hines. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but you listen to this guy, and it's just this happy talk. It, it's sort of like the way the Canadians sound, which is almost as if you're being sent to the rubber room, and they're saying like, what a great thing it is. I mean climate reports you know that's going to make their businesses less competitive and they say well 35 other countries probably in western europe and the anglosphere these people are going to undermine themselves you hear this and i think this guy can't last a year but we'll see the other thing i really wanted to call about is can we talk about paul pelosi because yeah. i haven't heard you talk about him too much i mean this uh, this story is so rich it just has to be fed you know when two guys in their underwear, are struggling over a hammer when the police arrive. I want a better description of that hammer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I wonder if this is the kind of hammer you sell in a hardware store. This mm. whole story. I think it's a. I think it's. No I sense. think it's a vibrating hammer. If you really want to know the truth. I don't know, but it's. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. It was a strange one, and the glass <laughs> was broken to the outside. Yeah. They've got four hundred cam. How many cameras do they have in that house? Oh, and they we have cameras. Seen one? They showed no. They showed all the cameras. You know, I saw reports where they have cameras everywhere. You just heard them talking in that report. They have like two hundred fifty billion million cameras, right? It's like, but not one of them worked for Jeffrey Epstein, and not one of them's working over at the Pelosi house. <laughs> what about the body cams for the police? The police yeah. got their, their body cams. Yeah, of course. Oh, they were off. So were they off for every police officer, or just the ones who happened to show up? At this site. So when you, you know, if you're going to tell me a fairy tale, don't be angry when I am skeptical. And that's what you have here. Because this is, the other rumor is, well, that this, this guy, DePape, was a gay male hustler in the uh, Castro district. Well, well, the San Francisco police won't even allow you to look at his track record, his, his criminal record. And it might have gay prostitution on it. Or prostitution. Well, I, I'll bet you it does. The other, the other thing is apparently when he was in that DUI a few months ago, that is Pelosi, there was an unidentified male in the car with him, and that name has not been released as well. Could be him. So, and not only that, I'm but you know, think it, about this. Saying. Think about their friends, Ed Buck, for example. You know, good friends with Sh Sh uh, oh, Adam Schiff. Yes. Ed Buck, what was he doing? You know, we got him dead to rights, but he wasn't as important as Pelosi. So you know, they're all hanging out in the same clubs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Ed Buck was a notorious homosexual uh, abuser, really. I think he got yeah. convicted of murder for some drugging yeah. some guy up or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, I just thought I'd just mention, because I've been hearing it, and some other sites have been covering it, and the media is sort of downplaying it, but it's just where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's yeah. a couple good articles recently, and Lou Rockwell and other sites that were uh, were pretty interesting. So I thought I'd just bring that up. Yeah. Anyway, that was that's all I have to say. All Scott, right. I just wanted to get a couple minutes there with you. All right. Thank hey, you. thanks a lot. Take care. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We. I want to play this clip of Clary, Carrie Lake. I always like it when John calls in. But here, here take a listen to this. Going back to when I first started voting yeah. back in the 80s, we had Election Day. Yeah. Our Constitution says Election Day. It doesn't say Election Season, Election Month. And the longer you drag that out, the more fraught with problems there are. We just saw problems this week with Katie Hobbs, my opponent. So, yeah, you know, you get the idea. That's exactly 
what is going on there. And then take a look at this. Take a look at this one here. Uh, I think this is going to... Joe Biden just leveled the most deceptive, maybe offensive claim ever. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she said it's completely unfair for us to forgive student loans for working in middle-class America. She and her husband got $180,000 in business loans forgiven from the PPP program. Representative Vern Buchanan of Florida said our plan was reckless. Guess how much he got in that program forgiven? $2,300,000. This is not a joke. Can't make this stuff up. What you can't make up? You know what's not a joke? That Joe Biden is a despicable person. He knows the Paycheck Protection Program money that went to Marjorie Taylor Greene and others didn't go to line their pockets. It went to pay their employees. Why did they need government money to pay their employees? Because the government shut their businesses down. The government shut us all down. Democrat leaders in cities across the country shut us down. So yes, Washington came up with a paycheck protection program to help employees, to help the working people in America try to cover their bills thanks to the oppression of the United States government, thanks to the oppression that didn't allow us to work. Don't try to make a comparison to student loans and the PPP loan program. Joe Biden, you should know that. That's uh, Stitchfield and uh, Grant Stitchfield, and he was canned over at, Net, uh, at Newsmax. Newsmax is no better than Fox News run by Paul Ryan, right? Well, Fox News is run by Paul Ryan. But Newsmax has always sort of been a little bit fishy with me. Um in any case, uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We're coming up against a hard break on our show. I want to uh, ask everybody to check out our new gold sponsor. Uh, it helps us when you uh, support our sponsors. And Genesis Gold is a gold company that allows you to transfer your IRA uh, monies into uh, precious metals uh, without penalty. And uh, I think it's one of the best options for, for you, uh, given that I think that the stock market is going to be very volatile in the next 12 months. And, uh, you know, just look at what the Fed did with another uh, rate increase yesterday. Um, that It's going to impact the housing market as well. In any case, you can contact Genesis Gold by calling 800 385 4653. That's 1 800 385 4653. That's 1 800 385 Gold. That number is associated with our um, commit co- contract and commitment with uh, the sponsor who, uh, you know, is a paid advertiser. And so we uh, appreciate it when you do that. It makes us look good. Uh, also, um, be sure to check out tacticalcivics.com. Also, visit magapack.org. Thank you for your donations over there. And use Red State over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy.